In the last podcast, we finished with Revelation chapter 9, and today we move to Revelation chapter 10, but I want us to see the context of chapter 10 before we actually start reading it. First, remember that everything we're reading is something yet to come, and it's being revealed to John, the Apostle John, one of the disciples, the disciple who Jesus loved, as he's referred to often in Scripture, being revealed to him by Jesus while John is in the Spirit on the island of Patmos. And up to now, John had been called up to heaven And it's a a spiritual calling, not a physical calling. In his spirit, he was called to heaven. So he was in heaven, and he was seeing the things yet to come. But now John is back on the earth. He is on the earth looking toward heaven. There are a number of unusual things about chapter 10 that we'll come back to in a minute. But the first and, and largest one of those is that when we arrive at chapter 10, we sort of come to an interlude where we stop moving forward and more description is given. A friend of mine described it like this. He said that uh, when you see a sports broadcast, particularly football, you have one announcer who gives a play-by-play. He's telling exactly what happens. And then you have a second one who is called the color commentator, and he fills in a lot of the blanks. For example, if as the play starts, the play-by-play person would say, The quarterback drops back. He's well protected. He throws a 20-yard pass to his wide receiver who catches it and is tackled immediately. Then the color commentator would come in and say why he had so much time and why the man was open and so forth. He's not adding to what's taken place, but he's given further explanation, what we call color commentary. And that's what we find as we come to chapter 10, from chapter 10 through chapter 15, with one exception we'll speak of in a moment, is is an interlude where the story doesn't really move forward, so to speak, but it's given us more background, more color commentary, if you will, of what's going on, a deeper and fuller explanation. The one exception of that is found in Revelation chapter 11, verses 14 through 19. So this is what I wish you would do that you would maybe pause this podcast now, go back to Revelation chapter 9, read through what's going on there, then go from chapter 9 to chapter 11 and just read verses 14 through 19, and then go to chapter 16, and you will see that the play-by-play, so to speak, continues to move forward uh, from chapter 9 to chapter 11, 14 through 19, and then picks back up in chapter 16. So as we enter this uh, color commentary phase of the book uh, that 
might also be called an interlude. It begins with chapter 10. So we're going to read that chapter, and then we're going to speak further about it. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head, and his face was like the sun, and his legs like pillars of fire. He had a little scroll open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land and called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring. When he called out, the seven thunders sounded. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it and the sea and what is in it, that there would be no more delay, but that in the days of, of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh trumpet, by the seventh angel rather, the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants the prophets. Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again saying, Go, take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it. It was sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And I was told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. May God bless this reading and perceiving of his holy, precious, and living word. And may we be transformed by it. In Christ's name, amen. As I said, my friend referred to chapter 10 as the unusual chapter and I, I want us to spend a few minutes thinking about that and seeing why that is so. It's it's unusual in that it is begins this interlude that, that the play-by-play -play pauses and the color commentary starts. It is unusual in that it refers to another mighty angel. We had talked about seven angels, and now we're talking about another mighty angel. It is unusual in that he set one foot on the sea and one foot on the land. It is unusual that he, he heard this sound yet was told not to write it down, but rather to seal it up. It's unusual in that he was told to eat the book, the little scroll. The scroll is a book. So that's just some of what makes chapter 10 called by many as the unusual chapter. What did you think of when you saw the description of the other, another mighty angel? Uh, he was wrapped in a cloud. Usually a cloud signifies the presence of God. Uh, has a rainbow over his head, 
relates to the promises of God. His face was like the sun and legs like pillar of fire. This is similar to a description of what we see about Christ earlier in this book, the book of Revelation, as well as other places in Scripture. But it doesn't seem to me, it seems to me clearly that this is not Christ, but just what it says, another mighty angel. Why is that? Well, Christ is not prophesied to come down to earth until the end of the tribulation when he establishes his millennial kingdom. So if if this is he, then that's in violation of prophecy, and we know that's not correct. Uh, Christ is still in heaven. He's opening the seals and bringing judgment to those who have rejected him. Uh, after his car- incarnation and throughout the book of Revelation, Christ is not seen as an angel, but in his glorified state. We doubt that he will ever be seen as an angel again. Why, why would he? Why should he? And that this angel swears by the eternal one. He doesn't swear by himself, but by those greater than himself, by God and Christ that he refers to that he's swearing by. So it would make no sense for Christ to swear uh, by God and by himself, but that this is an angel. It's an angel we don't know the name of, but we know that it's a mighty angel. There are those who, who take this to be Christ, but that doesn't seem to be supported at all by Scripture. On the other hand, this mighty angel is, is clearly the representative of Christ. Uh, you might think of him as an emissary, in other words, one who declares the right of the possession of his king. Uh, Remember, we referred earlier in in our look at this entire book of Revelation to Jesus as the kinsman redeemer, the one who has the right and the ability to redeem. And only Jesus has that because he alone is perfect and he alone has lived that perfect life and is completely holy. He alone is able to be the kinsman redeemer. The angel has in his hand a small open book, scroll. And so we know this is not the scroll, the sealed scroll, because it's in in Jesus' hands in heaven. But this is a, a small scroll, a small book that has already been opened. And so this mighty angel cries out or calls out with a loud voice like a lion roaring. How does a line sound? A line certainly gets our attention. And when he had called out, the seven thunders sounded, the seven thunders. When that happened, John says he was about to write them down, but he heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. John was forbidden from writing down what he had heard. He heard And he knew what he heard. He knew what what God had said through these seven thunders. And he understood it, but he was told to seal that up. Don't, Don't speak it. Don't write it. Don't say it. He says, And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives 
forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it. So this this is that part of that evidence that this angel could not be Christ because he's swearing uh, by the by Jesus himself as as well as swearing by God. And what he said was there would be no more delay. There would be no more delay, but that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. Why was the the scroll, the book, the small book, uh, sweet in the mouth, but sour in the stomach? That word sour is like acid reflux. It caused uh, uh, there to be a reflux, so to speak. Well, we can see from Scripture, which is what we should always use when we're trying to interpret the Word of God, that, uh, for example, in Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, it said, Jeremiah feasted on the Word of God. And Psalm says, God's Word is as sweet as honey from the honeycomb. That's in Psalm 119, 97 through 103. But God's Word can also be hard to digest, hard to stomach, when we use it to confront sin in our lives, for example, Ezekiel 2, 8 through 10, or when we see God's response to sin and his judgment on this world during the tribulation, it's hard to stomach, it's hard to take it in, it's hard to digest exactly what's going on. Then finally in verse 11, uh, John was told again that you must prophesy you must prophesy again. So so it looks like we've been brought right to the edge of the tribulation with only the seventh trumpet remaining to be blown, which will unleash the final round of the bowl judgments. But chapters 11 through 15 will be additional prophecy, the speaking forth of God's word that John will record. This additional prophecy will help us to sort of fill in the blanks of the events that have taken place up to the blowing of the seventh trumpet. May God continue to bless us as we continue to look at and study his holy and living word as we pick up next time, Lord willing, in chapter 11 of the book of Revelations. God bless you and keep you in Christ. Amen.